Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of Big Al's Rockin' Podcast. This week, we're going to talk to my friend Kenny Wilkerson from the band Nova Rex. And before we get started in this interview, Kenny, I would like you to tell our listeners about the first time you and I met at Rocklahoma way back in 2017. Yeah, I remember that. How you doing, Alan? Thanks for having me on. Rocklahoma, always a fun time out there. I do remember you showing up and you said something to me. And I remember I made a smart ass remark to you real quick. And then we became friends from that. Absolutely. If you're not a smart ass, you don't need to be my friend. Yeah, that was funny. I don't remember what it was, but you come up to me and I just called you out on something really funny. And I just, yeah, but I appreciate you. And plus you're a fellow Hoosier. Yeah. Knowing me, I've walked up to you and said something about a different band. Maybe, but it was. Or or called you by someone else's name. (laughs) We all look alike, but uh, no, everything's been good, man. I'm just uh, excited and and getting ready for the holidays. You have a good Thanksgiving. I absolutely did. We had, uh, what I refer to as gas station chicken. We have a local gas station that sells some spicy chicken here that is just to die for. Little honey hole gas station. And good for you. Absolutely. So we did that and then we took naps. So it doesn't get much better than that. Dude, I was up there for Thanksgiving. I've I've been to Indiana um, five or six times this year, believe it or not, more than I have in a long time. Yeah. Now you're from Johnson County, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I live in Vandenberg County, so. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get this started. First, uh, tell us about how and when Novarex got started. Well, you know, uh, Novarex was kind of a brainchild of my uh, old guitar player, J.P. Cervoni, uh, up in Canada. Um, he just got off the road with Buddy Miles, got a taste of uh, rock and roll, and he, he said, you know, hey, why can't I just be the next Van Halen or Bon Jovi or whatever? put a band together They came down from Canada in March of 1985 for spring break. And then by about eight, 10 weeks later, I joined the band. So I've been in the band, you know, I mean, other than the first 10 weeks, but, uh, and it's just, we've just been going on ever since, you know, a couple years in Florida, 44, four years out in Los Angeles during the late eighties. I spent four years in the Midwest uh, during the grunge. And here I am. I've been back in Florida now, 29 years. And all of this time, you know, you guys have been through the ups and downs of being an 80s rock band. Right. You've you've been through the grunge phase. Of course. The post-grunge phase. Oh, yeah. You did a documentary about 12 years ago called It Ain't Easy Being Cheesy. Correct. Making fun of rock and roll. You've got stuff in the Indiana State Museum, yep. the Johnson County, Indiana Museum, and I believe you've got something in the, in the Smithsonian. Smithsonian National Museum of American History, and um, we uh, we got some stuff in Hard Rock cafes as well. We also have a cookbook to talk about, but bef- before we get to the cookbook and your newest documentary, sure. give a little overview of the first documentary, Ain't Easy Being Cheesy. Well, so what happened was um, back in 2010, I ended up doing a, a greatest hit CD <clears throat> with one new song. Uh, we hadn't had an album prior to that for about 10 years because, you know, the 2000s were hard on all of us. I mean, all us rockers back in the 2000s, there's just no gigs, no nothing. And um, so I was a little bit domesticated. And then I thought, well, I was seeing these old CDs I had selling online for all this big money. And I was like, man, we got to just do a greatest hit CD, cut a new song. I was kind of jonesing to do that. Well, after I did that, um, I had a bunch of VHS tapes from back in the day. Not a bunch, but enough. And, uh, you know, we didn't keep a lot of that stuff back then. You know, I'll give you, for example, I I love the Bullet Boys, right? So you try to look up the Bullet Boys in 1980. Just put 1980 era and you'll find two videos on them. They're just because people, we didn't keep that stuff back then. You know what I mean? So 
Um, but where was I going with that? So anyways, um, you're talking about the first doc, right? Tell me again. I, just, I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, why I did it. Because I had the greatest hit CD and I was trying to promote it. So I called a buddy up in Indiana, a guy named Dean Robinson, who used to run a rock rag up there. And I said, hey, man, can you put these VHS tapes on YouTube for me so we can promote the greatest hits thing? And he's like, dude, you got so much stuff. We should just do a documentary. And that's what we did. So in, in, in a course of about three days, we shot that thing, three days. And then um, I said, after it was done, I was like, well, this is pretty good. I was just a glorified home movie for me. But I sent it off to Showtime. And at the time, Showtime owned the documentary channel. And the acquisition person from there was from Indiana, which is kind of cute. And uh, they just picked it up. And it aired for two years on the Doc Channel till it got bought out. And then it was on Netflix for a bit. But again, that's before streaming. That was back when they were still doing the mail, mail in DVDs. Um, and then, I mean, that's pretty much up on, on that. And then just recently, here it is 10 years later or whatever. And I just kind of, a, the new Doc is called Novarex Ain't Easy, Staying Cheesy. And uh, again, it's just a continuation of where I left off. And it's uh, it's pretty funny. It's uh, it's just my version of rock and roll. It's what I've dealt with in my life. And uh, it rock and roll is the craziest whacked out business of all businesses in the world. I mean, it's just a crazy, crazy business, you know. And, and, and then as far as the band goes, I mean, my thing is why I'm still doing it, which it'll be 39 years in March, is that um, I, I'm the guy that still wants to make new memories. I didn't want to be that guy sitting at the bar going, hey, you know, back in high school, I used to be the star quarterback, you know. So I just kind of wanted to keep on going. Plus, I feel there's a little bit of a responsibility to keep the rock and roll flame alive. You know what I mean? For, as an honor to the guys that I grew up to. And don't forget, a lot of these bands are start, are stopping. You know, I know you're a big Kiss fan, right? Aren't you a Kiss fan? I am. You say they're going to do the Avatar thing? I saw that, and I would be interested to see it once, just to see what it is. Right. But if it goes on tour or anything, I seriously doubt I will go see that. I'm trying to. I'm talking to people. People are not quite getting what's going on with this AI. This AI is going to wipe us all out. It's going to wipe out the music business. I'll give you an example. I was telling the story today. I had my son, my son, on his phone, and I said he's got the eight, you know, the Chat uh, GPT, whatever. It's like twenty bucks a month, and that thing learns with you. But what you can say, you can go, hey, I want you to write me a theme song for Alan. I want you to say this, this, and this, like whatever the title of it is, right? I'll give him a couple keywords, right? Make it fun, make it high energetic, let's say, right? And then it'll say male vocal, female vocal. Uh, let's do 80s metal rock genre. You just pick whatever country, doesn't matter, right? And in 30 seconds, it produces a perfect song with harmonies and drums, and it is totally cheating. So what I'm trying to say is if I want to write a song, like I did that song I was telling you about, it sounded like freaking Still Panther the very first time out, out of the box. Like I didn't have to change anything. I could almost put it out because it has harmonies and everything else, right? With snare, bass and everything. But what I would do is I would just, that computer wrote that song. I didn't write it. I told what the title to be, but I didn't write it. The music or nothing. I can just print that off, get my guys to re-record it, right? As a demo, you know, because it's a demo at that point. And then you have a brand new song. I'm just saying it's it's totally fake. Who who could like you could just put a book together in a week, in a week, like a Steven Spielberg book. And I'm telling you, the computer is going to write smarter than you because it has other options like the world, every everything that's ever been on the computer. And don't even get me going on like I mean I could write a song right now and get Ozzy's voice on it. You know what I mean? Who how, how can you do that kind of stuff? So it's uh it's pretty insane, dude. 
So I again, uh, the only thing really left for music that I see is uh, live, live touring, right? And now you're going to take that away with AI? You just you're going to make me pay 150 bucks so I can see a bunch of um, 3D, you know, whatever, right? Images on a stage, and the band's not even there. I mean, you know, the plan on this is he'll keep that, that avatar running after he's dead. You know what I'm saying? So why would you go see? That's like, remember when Dio tried to do it? You remember they brought Ronnie James Dio out and they had a band around him and they had like a, a silhouette, whatever you call that, you know, the thing of him singing. And uh, But they at least had a band around it. This is not even a band. It's just all computer, dude. Hologram, that's the word. Hologram, thank you, man. I, I, was I couldn't think of it either. <laughs> I was struggling with that. But I'm just saying, I. So, so back to that. My son, again, 22, he thinks his dad's a dork, right? But I'm like, dude, let's mean you go to a concert. And he's like, dad, I've been to concerts. I'm like, really? What, what, you know, where'd you go? And he's like, I watch them on YouTube. So what's the difference watching on YouTube or going to the spear and see it with a hologram? Because you're around other people, maybe? That that seems to me that would be the only difference. And and, and, that, and the thing is, the, the next generation, I'm worried about concert goers because these kids don't go to concerts. Now they'll go to Taylor Swift. That's a that's a unicorn. But typically they're not like we used to be. You know, everything's got to be fast. I seen a report the other day where they said it took 20 seconds to lock somebody in on a song. Now it's five. Five seconds. You got five notes. Name that tune in five notes. Right. So and 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 again, it, the this with the with the uh, AI, it, it'll it'll do all the work for you. It, it's totally cheating, man. And, and if you take the only thing that we have left as human beings is really that that separates us from animals is that we can express ourselves musically, artistically, paintings, plays. You know what I mean? Artistic stuff. But if you take that away and let AI do that, what's left for us? Working in the coal mine, I guess. Exactly. Working for the working for the thing. I mean, I've seen iRobot. You know what I mean? Now, I don't know if that'll happen in our lifetime, but it'll happen. But I'm just worried about all entertainment going to the side. I mean, there's no originality. I, I think eventually, and then all these bands, you see how the big thing is now with tribute bands, right? Every cover band in every damn state and every town is now a tribute band. So what I'm saying is between that and AI, nobody's going to write songs anymore. And did you not just did you not just see where BMI has their catalog up for sale? I have not seen that. Well, you know, last year, you know, Bruce Springsteen sold his thing and uh, Elton John sold his uh, catalog, you know, 300 million or whatever. The reason they're selling their stuff is because they, they know it's over. And so when you get a company like a BMI or an ASCAP, they're going to sell their catalogs, which is all everybody else, right? It's because there's no money. They already know it's coming. They're just going to cash out. And people are like, well, yeah, but I get that, you know, you go in and you're, you know, you work on a, a assembly line, and you're doing that screw and they bring in a machine, right? I get that. But then maybe you have to maintain the machine. But this is all about artistic stuff. That's all I'm worried about. Who wrote it? Who said it? I mean, because you got to remember when they write a song, they're taking every lyric ever sang ever and getting you the right lyric. Is So is it really your lyric? Is it your melody? You didn't, you didn't, you didn't have a medley on it, you know, a medley. I can't even say the word today, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, who is doing all the work? It's all the computers. Right. So it's a freaking, I didn't mean to throw all that on you heavy, but I, I've been on that rampage today with AI. So, and I can't wait to go and see uh, a bunch of avatars on a bunch of dead people. I mean, that's what's going to be, man. Honestly, you know, I took my son to see Kiss in Indianapolis last week. I was there. I was there for that, by the way. I didn't go to Kiss concert, but I was in town. 
If I had known that way to hook that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I took my son to see that, you know, and they said I knew there was a week left of the tour and then the the end of the road was finally here. And what I expected for them to announce at the end of the show was KISS 2.0 and who was going to be the members of KISS 2.0. Well, that's what I wanted to see. That's what I wanted to see. For, from the fan standpoint, if I had to see the Avatar... Or if I had to see replacement members, I would rather see the replacement members because it's humans. Yes. And they still got to play, right? But from the business standpoint, I can understand why Gene and Paul did that because they don't have to pay somebody to be up on stage. Right. But who in the hell would not replace Kiss for a really low amount of money? Right. You know, what I, what I always wanted to see, since we're going to just dream, I think that Kiss should have done this last tour and at the, and they'd be and be kissed, be badass just like you are. Do your whole thing like they're doing, right? But at the very end, like the last three or four songs, or even one song would have been cool. They could have done a thing like a spinal tap, you know, where Gene comes out and then during his like solo kind of stuff, he bursts out some other demon kid. You know what I mean? Some 20-year-old kid that has sort of the same symbol, you know, he'd be the demon or whatever. You know, you you mix it up, just like they did with Eric Carr and Peter Chris, you know, give it a little bit of a tweak. And just and then Gene can sit home at 70 some years old and just keep writing songs so the day he dies, right? And this and put those guys on the road. And just and then that way that legacy would live past him. It would live past us if they were smart, right? It would live past us, you know, some 20-year-old kids, all a bunch of brand new 20-year-old kids instead of 80-year-old guys. So I would have done I would have done that, but I think Gene, I understand the whole thing, but um Gene, Gene will not give up control, man. He won't I think it's a control thing, dude. Well, it's not Gene. I mean, it's Gene and Paul both. Well, but it's a control thing, though. You know what I mean? Like, they just won't give it to anybody. And so, what now, for the fact that Gene comes out and does the blood and stuff, which I watched the last Kiss show, right? The paid review stuff. And it was really cool how they were kind of using the cameras with this edgy stuff. Remember when Gene was spitting the blood and it looked all, his head was spinning kind of thing, and it was really cool. Um, so think about it. If it was an actual avatar, you, you could do anything you want. You can do anything you want. You can have your head on fire the whole song. It doesn't matter. It's an avatar, right? So to me, that's just takes away from it a little bit. I I, I still want musicians. I don't want computers and, and tapes. And I don't want, I sure in hell don't want to pay 350 bucks to go see a tape. So that's I think that's what's what's going to end up being the real struggle with AI is that I think the massive concert concerts will probably go to the wayside. And it'll be more intimate setups for people that still love live music, just like people that still want to make horseshoes by hand. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's going to be a part of the past and it's, it's going to happen in my lifetime. It's already almost there anyways. I believe that's what they call artisanal crafts. That's the word. Is that what that is? Making horseshoes, being a blacksmith, playing in a rock band, all the same category. So, but no, it's all, it's all good, man. I'm just out living the dream and getting what we got left. I will tell you this though. Um, I've been saying it that, you know how 80s metals had a resurgence, right? And it's really because guys our age are running stuff. You know, that's why you see Wonder Woman 1984. That's why you hear different soundtracks that are coming up and this and that. Um, but uh, it's been running for 10 years now. And I, I remember when I was a kid, I used to watch um, Sha Na Na, right? Sha Na Na. They played Woodstock, by the way. But Sha Na Na, and I, I just watched that in the early 80s because it was showing the stuff about the 50s. Remember? Bob, you know, all that stuff they're doing, the greasers and all that. Well, that's how I see 80s metal now in 2023. We're, we're, that, we're those guys now. We're just showing you that last thing. So people like us come out. You get to bring your son out. You get to experience that way. Just like my parents turned me on to stuff, right? But um, 
like I said, it's getting farther and farther between. And it's it's just technology. These kids do not leave the house anymore. And back in the day, you know, we used to go out and it was just a crazy mayhem. The things that we did. I mean, we if we had cameras back there, we'd all be in prison. We'd all be in jail. But we had the greatest times. And I like the thing about concert goers is they all have like minded. You're all in the same. It's like being on a cruise together. You're all in the same boat to do the same thing. So that I like. And if you take that away, there's there's nothing left. I mean, go out and see all the favorite bands now. You know. And plus, for us, my all the guys I dreamed about, and you know that I looked up to like they were Iron Man. You know what I mean? They're my superheroes. Those guys are all, you know, almost done. I mean, you see sticks, foreigners out there, you know? I mean, how much longer do they have? I think foreigner finally finished. No, they got a tour right now. Are they still on that tour? Yeah, there's a tour. It's uh, it's sticks, foreigner, and John Waite, believe it or not. That's the tour. That's a pretty good tour, by the way. But that's another thing you've noticed, too. You notice how they've been stacking bands hard. You know, Motley Crue don't go out and do a stadium tour. They have to bring Def Leppard and Joan Jett with them. And vice versa, by the way. So, right. So th- those are kind of changing, too, you know? Obviously, the new doc. You said you haven't seen the new doc yet, right? I have seen the new doc. Came out in like late August or early September. It was out for a couple of weeks before I watched it, but I did watch oh, it. Oh, I appreciate you, man. It was fun, right? One of my favorite parts was at the end where you made one of those uh, Gene Simmons moves or quotes, and then you made some comment about you you owe Gene money now. Yeah, no, I said, there, there's a, some of the girls were giving me a hard time. It was a, really a blooper. And I was like, yeah, there's 12 known rock moves, right? There's only 12 known rock moves. And Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons is trademark three of them. That's right. I, I remember you said something about Gene. But I, I do that. I do that in, you know, for respect for him. I mean, that guy's. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not. I mean, I'm making a joke, but he is the bar. How many of us are musicians because of the four original members of Kiss? You know, I I, I laid off Kiss. I've, I got that great poster in my bedroom, the one where they're doing the Fourth of July thing, you know, the uh, with the flag and Peter's got the little drum, you know. I remember in fourth grade, they had to call my parents in. Because I kept saying signing my name is Gene Simmons in fourth grade. <laughs> so there was four, four of us. We were Gene, Paul, Ace, and Peter, right? And we kept signing our, our homework with the, those names, and they actually called our parents in. I, I just remember that happening. So, yes, I apparently was a Kiss fan in the 70s, you know? I can appreciate that. It hooked me, right? I mean, they they when it comes to live performance and marketing, Kiss is the is the deal. That's right. They set they set the bar pretty high for everyone, really. But the only thing is, you know, they don't have not one number one hit. I mean, it's crazy though, right? You you have five hundred songs and you don't have a number one hit. It's tough. That's how tough it is, even for Kiss. You got to give them credit. You know, at the end, they're still filling arenas and they didn't stop. No, listen, they had great songs, but I mean, they did five hundred. 500. And but and listen, can you go? Can you go check out Kiss for ninety minutes and kick ass? One hundred percent. Could you go to a three-hour kiss show? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, if you could get those guys to do a three-hour show, that would be a miracle in itself. Yeah, those days are over, right? But uh, no, it's all good. So moving back to the, it ain't or I'm almost said it ain't, it ain't easy staying cheesy. Staying cheesy, yes. <laughs> Your titles are too similar. You got me all flustered. Well, no, you know, I did that for a reason. It makes sense because it's a follow-up. And and it, plus, it, it's just a different market. You know, the, the the press that I got on the first one made TV Guide, stuff like that, right? There's no TV Guide anymore. You know, like there's just certain things media-wise that wasn't even, that's not around that was around 10 years ago. Right. So it, it was just kind of cool to keep it somewhat similar. But 
Um, yeah, it's just a continuation, as you've seen. And is this the story of rock and roll? I think it's fun. You know, I, I did it because I can. You know, I thought I had a story to tell. And uh, it's about like a little band that could, you know. And I'm still doing it. That's what's crazy is the commitment. Go big or go home, brother. Well, that's what I say, man. Just keep swinging at the fences till you hit a home run, right? That's right. Write 500 songs till you get a hit. So this video is streaming on Amazon Prime, correct? It is. It's also on this thing called, what's that, Zumo or whatever, X-U-M-O. It's also on um, Tubi. It's on all those streaming platforms. See, I would say it's on all streaming platforms except Hulu and Netflix. Well, Netflix, you got to have specific equipment when you record or they won't have you. Well, and uh, listen, here's the thing. Netflix, Netflix is the big dog, right? They started, they got 220 million subscribers. Amazon Prime's number two at two, 200 million. And then after it drops off that, it's like Paramount's got a station. You know what I mean? Uh, Time Warner's got a, a, there's a bunch of streaming stuff. But um, it's weird with streaming too, you know? Um, even though the docs been out for a couple of months, it's still absolutely brand new. Because it's streaming. Give you an example. Stranger Things, biggest show ever, right, on Netflix or whatever. Man, I didn't watch it till after the second season. Then I then I hooked on it, right? But it took me a year later to make that a brand new show for me. Kind of weird with streaming, man. It's a different way to approach it. On the plus side, though, with all of the streaming stuff, you can do like my wife and I do and go back and find a series that you didn't watch when it came out. Now that the whole series is over, you can binge watch the whole thing in a month. And that's typically what I do. You know, it's funny. I, we'll, we'll get onto something and we'll binge it for a weekend, for a long weekend. I'll just hammer it, especially if it's raining and you're cold. You know, you got the snow coming, right? So yep. you, you binge all weekend and then you have to wait a year and a half to get eight more episodes. That sucks. So it kind of throws me off a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's, and I don't know if it's good that they just throw all 10 or 12 episodes at you at one time too. Yeah. I still, I feel like they should still release one a week. You know what I mean? Kind of. I don't know. What do I know? Right. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited about the doc. If you want to see something, I'm really proud of it. Uh, obviously you can tell that I've hustled, you know what I mean? And, 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 and just, uh, like I said, the story of rock and roll for us. Now, are you going to release it on uh, Blu-ray or any physical format anytime, or is it streaming only? You know, if I had a camera, I'd show it to you right now, but it's on Blu-ray. All, all you gotta do is type it in Novarex, any easy staying cheesy. And it's all, it all, you, know, you can buy it at Walmart or Amazon or, you know, Barnes and Noble or whatever, whoever sells stuff. I think I pulled it up. I put a thing the other day to get this like listings when stuff gets on Google, like, you know, whatever, where it's available. And I, from what I know, it's, it's, it's available at like 60, 70, 80 locations. So you just have to type it in. Excellent. Yeah, no. And I appreciate that too, for, for people that still have a uh, DVD player. Right, us old people. <laughs> I have like three DVD players and zero Blu-ray players. Well, you know, you know how it works for me. It's just like music CDs. You know, I still have them, and I'll sell them for ten bucks or whatever at a show. But it's really just an autographed coaster. They still go home and download the one song they like from iTunes. That 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 pays me point three cents. You know, everything's on digital, man. Right. But uh, no, I, I'm I'm very excited. I, I know there's a lot of bands coming out with documentaries now. It's kind of the new thing. The thing for me is, well, obviously, 10 years ago, I was way ahead of the curve. 12 years ago, I was ahead of the curve. But um, I'm ahead of it now, too. You know, mine's already out. I'm not putting one out the end of next year. I'm not hiring actors. I, I just put out a documentary and did it. So let's move on to uh, the cookbook. Cookbook. So it's Christmas time. Back to the holidays. Right. And it's a. Uh, Rockin' Recipes for Autism. 
people ask me how I got it going. And what happened was um, I have a son. He just turned 22 years old and he's on the spectrum. I used to say it's Asperger's, but for some reason, I think that you can't say that anymore. But anyways, uh, he's definitely on the spectrum, high functioning, but I've had him in autistic schools and things like that. And uh, so what happened was I had a, uh, an FM radio show back in the day and I had um, I just came from New Orleans. I always like going to New Orleans. I love the food. So I was kind of making a joke to this guy like, hey, I just came back from New Orleans. And after you go there, it takes me like a week before I can go back to Olive Garden or something like that because you're just at New Orleans. Right. So. He's like, dude, I'm from New Orleans. He said, um, I got this gumbo recipe. It's uh, 100 years old or jambalaya or something. He's like, it's 100 years old. And he sent it to me. So then after that, I started collecting recipes kind of as, as a gag thing on the air. And then after I had about 30 of them or so, I found a charity down in Florida that uh, does music therapy for kids and all that. And I kept seeing them at festivals. And I thought, well, if I have a charity and I've got these recipes... I just had to step up and do it. And it was just a passion project. I mean, it took me three years to do it. I mean, they say one in 36 people in America have some form of autism. That's CDC. And it's it's tripled in the last 10 years. So, I mean, there's something seriously going on. Now, my son, I look at him now like a little superhero, but it definitely threw me off because, you know, when he was born, I thought I was you know going to go to football games. You know, he was going to be dating the prom queen, you know, just certain things you have, you know, you think you're going to have in your life. And I had, I had none of that. There's absolutely none of that, but I had other stuff. And like I said, he's just super smart. And that they say, you know, they say guys like Beethoven or Einstein had some form of autism. Almost everybody, you know, knows somebody with autism. And um, I mean, even Elon Musk even admits he figures he has some kind of autism. I'm sure he probably does. So, and it's funny too, because like me with my son, you know, I look up at guys like Jimmy Page and Eddie Van Halen, right? Those, those guys were my, you know, like my gods, you know? And he looks like he looks that same way at Elon Musk, which I think is hilarious. You know, so it's just like these they're, they're just really smart kids. They just don't know how to handle them. Now, I had a lot of problems because my son was going through school, you know, 12 years ago and stuff. Right. And and back then they'd have one or two kids. But now they have, you know, two or three classrooms for these kids now at, at, at all the schools and uh, some are nonverbal. You know, basically, with uh, from my opinion, from what um, autism, it's a really a, a sensory issue. Too loud, too too this, too that, too itchy, too hot, too you know what I mean? It's all sensory stuff all the time, and they have and they have a hard time uh, picking up uh, social cues, which you need that in life. You know what I mean? A little bit. The recipes that are in this book aren't just your recipes; they come from other folks. You care to explain a, a little bit about that? Yeah, what what it was is like I said when I was deciding after I had a few recipes, and these are recipes that are for the cookbook. They're, they're not recipes for autistic children. You know, it doesn't make, they're just like, I got sliders and mac and cheese and meatloaf and all kinds of different crazy things, but it's, it's stuff that these rockers contribute. And I always made a thing like, Hey, if you ever want to eat dinner with a rock star, you know, this is the next best thing. I mean, this is what, you know, Ricky rocket feeds his kids. Right. So, um, it was really that, and the guys were all really nice and appreciative. And, um, and, and like I said, it leans eighties metal because that's my scene. But I've, I've got some younger guys. I've got some Hall of Famers in there. I know I got uh, the bass player from um, Loving Spoonful. You know, that guy's a Hall of Famer. Uh, just got a bunch of different people in it. And uh, it was my first run at it. And um, I think it came out pretty good. It's never been done before. And I always say, I always say this. If you like to cook, buy the book. If you want to help support autism, one in 36 people, buy the book. If you have to know what uh, Steve Lukather cooks, buy the book. 
right? I mean, it's pretty simple. So it's 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 definitely a three three way to go on it, and it's really expensive. They sell for twenty nine ninety five. Well, the big question here is: Did you get any recipes from any holograms? No holograms <laughs> yet, but it's coming, buddy. I mean, we'll we'll have this conversation a year from now. It'll be a totally different conversation. I thought it was going to be. Listen, I know I'm being kind of like conspiracy or whatever, but I thought it was going to be like five years. No. And, and not only that, you know, the, the stuff I tell you my son works with now, that software is already two years old. That's the old version. So this stuff's already in schools and everything already. So tell my listeners where they can find the cookbook. Yeah, the cookbook. All you got to do is go to Rockin' without a G, Rockin' Recipes for Autism.com. And uh, it's all there. It's got a couple of previews. And uh, again, $29.95. And it's a great Christmas gift. It's a one of a kind. It's a two-pound hardback book, a full collar. There's 57 famous rockers, uh, Hall of Famers, Grammy winners. And um, each each guy in the book has like two pages. So it'll give like a picture of them, uh, the recipe, and some kind of little story where the recipe came from or some background, some little cute thing on them. Now tell my listeners where they can find Nova Rex on the big worldwide web. Well, Novarex, you can go always go to the website, NovarexRocks.com. We're on obviously on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or X now. You know, and then go check out the, the DVD. All you got to do is just go just type in Novarex, ain't easy staying cheesy. For all you prime video members, it's there and um, on some other sites as well. And and enjoy. It's a it's a price of a coffee. All right. Well, Kenny, thank you for your time. I will let you go. And for everyone listening, thanks again for listening. Please share this show with your friends. Um, Peace out, people.